0: This is my own private domicile and I will not be harassed, bitch! Gangsters, what's up guys? What's the grant <coughs> to a motherfucker like me, can you please remind me? Get the world by the tail! Fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. <coughs> you know, Make some noise! Well, I'm here. I'm cute as shit. Oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, skip, skip, skip! If you don't chew Big Red, then... F- you. That's so horny. you're nigga, nigga, in the shower with I'll your clothes on. You. Could you imagine if I hit the old water pipe with that thing? Oh. Three cash, homie. three, two, one, let's fuck! Everybody's got to hear the shit on W-Boss, W-Boss! What's up, guys? <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Do Not Listen to This Podcast. I'm your host, Sam McCross. Can you dig it? I can. And people, it's the end of an era over here. It is the end of an era over here. This is the last, and I and I mean the last, the last official old post regurgitated into new posts that I am doing on this forum. As you found out last week, I am... Run it well. I'm one, I'm running out of these old posts, and two, I am branching into I'm going to be doing two interviews conversations per month, as long as well, well or as well as two new, net new, excuse me, blog posts per month as well. So, coming at a very convenient time, I, I hate to compliment myself on this, but I timed this pretty damn perfectly. I, I think I am actually out of old posts to put onto this, which is really amazing because if you have been a follower of this blog for a while, you've uh, been noticing that I've kind of just done recycled a bunch of old posts over and over again because I went down from a post every week to a post every two weeks, and now I'm doing the conversation series and getting more people involved and talking and all that sort of stuff. So now I am really kind of spinning my plates here, kind of doing all these other type of things and seeing where all this could go. And now that we are officially putting the situation to rest in terms of the old blog posts creating into new podcasts, this is the end of an era. It is into the new era of don't do this media, don't listen to this podcast, don't read this blog. And... I have avoided doing this one for a while. This is going back to January of 2020 when I wrote this post. I think it was the third post because I did my intro post. I did the first chapter, which became later the fourth chapter of value economics. And then I did this post about honesty. And honestly, (laughs) ironic, I have not looked at that post ever since. It's been a while, a long while since I have read this post, talked about this post. This is going to be very, very fresh to me. So I guess we're going to end out with a bang. We, we didn't know what we were doing at the start of it. We're not, we know what we're doing now in terms of regurgitating the post and saying the shit all over again. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the final conclusion to the Don't Do This Blog, Don't, don't Read This Blog, OG anthology. It's late at night. I'm sorry. I'm recording this uh, later at night. I apologize if I am fucking all of this up, which I very well could. The end of an era, the last official OG Don't Read This Blog post. Here we go. So y'all some perverts for clicking on this link, first of all, due to the name. But anyway, since we're here, let's talk about a topic that gets outrageously misused and perverted in our culture. Honesty. Otherwise known as being yourself, being true to who you are, and the inconquerable fuck everyone if they don't accept you syndrome. And this is all garbage. All of it. Not the whole honesty thing in and of itself, but the way it is portrayed and pumped full of HGH and Viagra by people who push it. I have a lot of problems with the overall umbrella of the self-help industry, and it largely stems from this concept, among others, which I will surely roast later in prior and future podcasts. When you look at the core of it, it doesn't make any logical sense. So let's say you're a person who wants to improve upon yourself, like a lot of people in this climate are attempting to do. So as a starting point, you do what most people, including myself, do, and you seek wisdom from arguably the greatest invention of modern times. Google search. Up pops a cheesy article, probably from BuzzFeed or something. You see some the same starting points that the people who put entrepreneur in their Instagram bio, usually with at least another 17 emojis attached to it, but that's neither here nor there, put into writing in order to start you on your journey towards personal enlightenment. Read books to gain wisdom. Drink like six gallons of water a day to hydrate and improve your overall health. Exercise to strengthen your body. Scream shit like I'm a boss in your bathroom mirror at five o'clock in the morning in a Rick Ross tone of voice in order to magically make whatever you're saying come true. So you do these things. You see a short-term spike in belief in your behavior. You think it's starting to work. And you get excited about that. And, like most reasonable people who are dedicated to this personal movement do, you crank it up a notch. You start highlighting stuff in those books. You're even more water. You start yelling when you lift weights, please, for the love of whatever higher power you believe in, never be that guy. You add the word motherfucking before boss. And, however, after a while, you're probably going to hit a plateau. When you hit that plateau, you get confused. But... Random BuzzFeed guy said this was wor- This would work. Yes, young grasshopper, they all do. However, you've put in a lot of energy, money, and time into this, and you want to make sure that you keep climbing the mountain. So you keep feeding into random Buzzfeed's guys' so-called wisdom, and you decide to take it up to the highest possible level. You decide to go all in. You try to hit ascension as quick as possible. You can, tur- you can do your search on the internet, and you find a notable, quote, self-help guru that is hosting an event in your city next week. You watch some of his videos on YouTube and read some of the experts of the 17 books the guy's written in the past two years, and you think what he has to say is legitimate. So you buy a ticket for a large amount of money and go to the event. And this is it. The golden opportunity. The one big thing that is going to catapult you to get where you want to be. The guy gets on stage. The crowd goes wild. You get in your seats. You fill in the whatever the fill out the blank card is the, the attendant handed on you when you walked in. And a couple of hours and a lot of sweat and yelling go by, and then the final moment has come. The moment where this guy opens the heavens and gives you the meaning of life and solves all your problems. And oh my fucking God, here it is. And he says, read books, drink water, exercise. And when you wake up in the morning to start your days, go up to that mirror and scream, I'm a motherfucking boss right into it. The crowd absolutely loses their shit. People are clapping, crying, jumping and screaming at the same time. The guy walks off the stage. And people start to exit the place, absolutely buzzing about the life-changing things they just heard. Except for you. You feel cheated. You want your money back. You want to know what you just spent your last six months of, quote, self-improvement doing. More importantly, why in the hell you shall let your hard-earned money to hear stuff you've already read about on BuzzFeed six months ago. You go home and sulk all the way up until you go to bed, thinking about this all the time that you wasted. The next day... You wake up still in your stupor and to find out how to get out of your current predicament you go to good old reliable. Google search. And you start over again. You see, most of the self-help industry loves to give solutions. They love to create a cookie cutter way of doing things so we can uniformly fit in them and think we're changing our lives for the better even though we are all different. And if you're really good at doing this you can hold tours and speeches like the con artist above and profit substantially from people who don't know what their actual problems are. And if you haven't caught on by this point, this is all of a mirage. All of it. Mark Manson, a.k.a. my favorite person ever besides maybe my mom and sister, that's a joke, has a fantastic quote that I believe sums this up perfectly. Quote, because here's the thing that's wrong with all of the how-to-be-happy shit that's shared 8 million times on Facebook in the past few years. Here's what no one realized about all this crap. The desire for a more positive experience is itself a negative experience. And paradoxically, the acceptance of one's negative experiences is in itself a positive experience. End quote." Solutions are great, but what good are great solutions without great matching problems? This is where most people go and are steered wrong by the hypersexualized self-help climate that we are currently living in. People are so quick to try to solve issues, but they refuse to acknowledge or dive into the causes of those issues. This is the equivalent of smashing the glass pedal through the floor of a car without knowing what you were driving and in what condition. If you carefully research, test drive, and visit several dealerships to find the best 2020 Dodge Challenger, then you could probably get away with it no problem. However, if you pull up to your local used car dealership run by the same guy whose seminar you just went to, what a coincidence, and drop a minimal amount of money on a 1986 Mercury Sable without doing any outside research and do this, you're most likely going to drop your transmission and blow out your muffler before you get out of the parking lot. And this drives home my point, because before you can fix the problem, you have to know what the problem is. If we're in a world where we constantly create solutions without identifying the problems for them to solve, we're really not accomplishing anything. We're constantly running a rat race, going in circles until we exhaust ourselves to where we feel like we've tried everything and that nothing is ever going to work. And this leads, unfortunately, to hopelessness, and hopelessness is really sad. And it's a problem that a lot of people are having, whether imaginary or real, given their circumstances. However, I am here to propose an answer, a very difficult answer to get to, but one that I'm 100% sure works, or at least can get you on the path of starting something that works. The answer is in the name and second complete sentence of this article, honesty. According to the dictionary, the definition of honesty is, quote, honorable in principles, intentions, and actions, sincere and frank. Only by completely knowing yourself and who you are can you begin to change yourself. There's no way around it. You have to confront these things that will constantly come back to bite you in the ass no matter how hard you try to escape them. The problem with this as humans is that we are all biased creatures, especially towards ourselves. We like to think that we're all better than we are. We don't really have those underlying issues, right? We don't really act that way, right? We don't really ignore the blatant issues smacking us in the face, right? Well, I mean, we actually do, because we all do, and it's normal to do so. However, to really improve upon oneself, you must address and confront those biases and their underlying problems. Don't sugarcoat or put a veil on anything. And in order to do this, you must be brutal. You must look at yourself completely naked, cellulite and scars and all, and not look away. That is why this is so hard, and why most people in the self-help industry refuse to do it. It's easy to give someone a six-week plan to trim ten inches off their waist, but completely ignore the atrocious eating habits they grew up under as a child and the hordes of junk food they have lined in their kitchen cabinets. It's easy to tell someone to accept a family member with a special needs child, but completely ignore that person's lack of education about the nature of the child and their affliction. It's easy to tell someone to let go of hatred of a person or thing, but completely ignore the potential trauma that lies beneath the surface that may have caused them to hate that person or thing in the first place. There is another result of this phenomenon that is going on in our culture that is incredibly damaging to confronting these problems conformity. We open up our phones and click on Instagram and see the nonstop highlight reel of great people living their best life. How could they have problems? They have perfect skin, have a hot boyfriend, or a campus brand ambassador for, fu- for Bumble, for fuck's sake. This leads to people thinking that these people are flawless, that problems don't exist for these people, and by default, the fact that the onlooker has problems simply means that they are flawed and the Instagram people are not. So we try to keep up with these people. We whore ourselves out to compete with them in every single possible way. We buy expensive clothes. We live in houses we can't afford. Suburban moms buy fake Chanel bags to compete with Stacy's real ones. Rinse and repeat. While in reality, these people did, and spoilers still do, have problems. Instagram girl has an eating disorder that was caused by her from insecurity about her body. She felt that she wasn't worthy of a hot boyfriend because of that insecurity and the eating disorder that followed. She was afraid to make a move on Bumble because she had the perception that every man in her area thought that she wasn't the ideal woman. Stacy has a great job as an accountant. She averages between 50 to 60 hours a week at work. She splurges once a while on fancy clothes because she likes to treat herself once a while for working hard and still makes time to come home and pre- prepare lunches for her three kids during tax season. Her husband bought her that real Chanel bag because she's a fantastic mom and wife who works really hard as an accountant, knows her value, and prepares lunches for her three kids even during tax season. So I hope you guys see how fucking destructive this shit is because... I mean, I I do. I don't know if you guys do, but I do. We forget about problems and the honesty behind these problems, and then attempt to conform our lives so we avoid all problems, we end up creating the biggest problem of all, escaping who we really are. We think we hate other people, but in reality, we hate ourselves and what situations we're in. And that's not cool, and don't think that it is because it's not. So being honest about our problems and who we are is really one surefire way we can start approving ourselves and stop hating on others. Because when you're on your own wave, you really don't give a fuck that someone is riding the one next to you that might be a slightly lighter shade of blue. Now, some of you are probably thinking, okay, you condescending and pompous fuck, thanks for ripping our lives apart, glad to see you're so perfect and we're so awful. Well, don't worry, listeners, I'm about to roast myself to put that condescension and pompousness into context. And right, remember, I didn't read this post beforehand, so this this might be bad, so hold on to your seatbelts here. For the longest time, and still now to a lesser degree, I didn't do all that well in the whole women department. I've never been in a committed relationship, unless you count the softball player that dummy me after a week after she got forty dollar Italian food, but that's another story for another time. And rarely ever went on dates or got involved with anyone. Even when I entered college and joined the hellscape that is dating app culture, I still really never had any luck. And so, as you can imagine, I got pissed. I had been told by everyone who I was so great. I was the nice and smart guy. Everyone seemed, to be, everyone seemed to enjoy being around me. I got good grades, I never did drugs, I went super hard with alcohol, save for the four local period of my life freshman year. Again, another story from another time. And yet other people who I didn't think were, quote, as good as me were off living the life I wanted to live. Hanging out and partying with girls, dating, having sex, all the rest. As human nature would then predict, my natural response was to say, something is wrong with you because there ain't no way in hell something is wrong with me. You will all get yours eventually and I'll come out ahead and you're probably all getting STDs, so ha. Fast forward to two weeks after that realization and guess where that got me? Nowhere. And with nothing. Not a single thing has changed, or had changed, except for the fact that I had gotten worse. The complete opposite of what happened, happened. I entered into that deep, dark void of hopelessness that I had talked about earlier. However, instead of being honest and real with myself, I automatically blamed others for being dishonest and fake and interacting with me. I hated myself for what I was like and what my solutions were and situations were. And to make myself feel better, I created a situation and a solution that, in hindsight, was completely ridiculous. How could I have insight to all these people and totally stereotype them for one homogeneous group? And on top of that, how could I put myself in an I am holier than thou pedestal looking down on said homogeneous group? This is victimhood and victimhood culture, and most self-help is enabling it. Because most self-help culture doesn't want to solve the problem, they only want to give solutions to problems they don't know. When I realized this, it shook me to my core. Everything I had thought about my situation and myself had been completely wrong. I had lied to myself for years. I had completely fabricated something that was not real and then went about living my life as it was. And that set me back tremendously. I blamed every possible thing except for myself. I blame my parents for being overprotective, my sister's autism for not giving me insights about how young women who don't have autism work, my football coaches for beefing me up during high school, which made me overweight and incredibly self-conscious. But the true blame rested with one person and one person only. Me. My lack of honesty about who I really was created a complete false narrative that drove that section of my life for years. Because I refused to look at the source of the problem, I ended up creating a thousand solutions that didn't solve anything. Years of that section of my life, wasted. Well, fuck. After I broke the sound in my head, I went home for winter break to reflect. I remember having a conversation with my mom, which turned into a discussion about religion. As we went on talking, I said some snarky response to some comment that she made because I hated myself and who I was at that point. I wanted any way to let someone know about the pain I felt without even knowing what what it truly was myself. And as soon as she responded to my obvious ignorance, that was when I broke. I hit rock bottom hard. I cried, screamed at my mother, let everything out, blamed everything under the sun, even though deep down I knew it wasn't true. So the breakdown ends and I go up to my room and I'm still sad. The hopelessness persists. I'm still fake. I still hate myself because I'm still lying to myself. And then the light bulb goes off. I say two sentences that would define the mindset of the coming months of my life. You know what? What? I'm really fucking sick of feeling like shit all the time. That wasn't the first moment in a long time in that section of my life, my social life, kind of a big deal, that I was truly brutally honest with myself. I knew that no one was going to come save me. No one was going to fix my problems because everyone is so obsessed with giving solutions that they don't really know when they don't really know who I am. Because in reality, no one can. No one truly knows you like you know yourself. A thing I like to do when something like this happens is called, the opposite, is called the opposite game. I figure that odds are if I'm committing to something over a consistent period of excuse me, time and it isn't working, my strategy with girls, you might as well try the complete opposite to see whether something happens. You don't have anything to lose in that case, right? During the period of self-righteousness, I used to scoff at guys that read books about how to pick women up. That went to conferences, that went to God forbid support groups to help them with the skill. That hired dating coaches that genuinely cared to help men with this issue. So I Googled, probably verbatim, quote, how to pick up women when you absolutely fucking suck at it. I'll spare you the details, but in abstract, I did research, I picked up an online dating coach that doesn't sugarcoat anything, gives genuinely good advice, and was once the same shoes I was. I bought said coach's ebook for an absolutely outrageous amount of money. I read other books, selectively, I'm sure that will come up later, from sources I trusted to feed me good information. I gradually went out and tested them. And guess what? It got better. Am I where I want to be? No, but I'm one step closer, hopefully to getting a little better every day. Jocko Willing, intimidating Navy SEAL guy from the intro post, has one of my favorite quotes of all time on the subject of this. Quote, fear is normal. Every person feels fear at some point. Step aggressively towards your fear. That is your step into bravery. Honesty is such a dope thing. It really is. Imagine a world where no one lied, and we were completely honest with one another, philosophically naked, as it were. People presented themselves and everything about themselves, ranging from their political affiliations, religious beliefs, and whether Stacy's extensions are fucking tacky or not. Sorry, Stacy, at least you still have your Chanel bag. Some critics might say that this would be an awful idea. They would say that this would lead to more division than there already is in the world. If there are no jaded people in business, foreign affairs, or politics, how would people avoid totally blowing each other off the faces of the earth? steamrolling each other in corporate America, not giving funding to companies who don't seat theirs, not being able to get over how absolutely atrocious she looks in that dress, socialism, Ukraine, Putin. I have a different spin on this idea. If we knew exactly where everyone stood on issues, wouldn't that make us more tempted to cut out the bullshit and get to the core of those issues? Because guess what? In that world, there would be no bullshit. Think about it this way. If someone thought the complete opposite of you, but you had to come together to accomplish a task... Wouldn't it be helpful if you knew exactly how that person felt? If we knew how a person felt about themselves and they were totally honest and transparent, that means one thing for sure. They know their faults. Their faults and flaws. In other words, their problems. And when we know someone's problems and the good that comes with knowing those problems, we can offer a good solution towards that good problem and fix the issue entirely. A concept and a half right there. In almost every scenario, ranging from marriage to wildfire prevention, there would be no quagmire in the middle to slow us down. There would be no hoops to jump through, there would be no jockeying for position. There would be just you and who you are, completely naked for all to see birthmarks, insecurities, cankles and problems. And that's the way it should be. I hope you see the trend and you aren't sitting at the electronic device in front of your face wondering what the hell I was talking about. Because I think it's important, I think you should consider it. Too many bad solutions and not enough good problems. Too many rappers and not enough painters, as the great great Eric R. Kelly once said. If you're one of the people that are afraid of facing your problems, don't be. Problems are good, contrary to the opinions of a lot of misguided people who are being influenced by people who are peddling a lot of misguided information. It is not facing our problems that we should be fearful of. It is not facing them, being purposely dishonest with ourselves, and constantly punking ourselves at bad solutions that solve problems that were never there in the first place. That is what we should fear. That is true hopelessness. That is true stagnation. And if there are two things I would never want to be, it would be to be hopeless and to be stagnant. Like I was, and I'm sure a good portion of you, probably more if you stop lying to yourself, feel or have felt. It's about duality. It's about balance. And it's about flipping the script on its head so we don't make up solutions to problems that never existed. And we get to that point through honesty. And through honesty, we are liberated even when we're naked, especially when we're naked. And that ladies and gentlemen is the end of the OG blog post, at least not the end of the podcast. The end of the, uh, it's the end of the OG blog post. That was one of the first things I wrote on this forum. And I think it held up pretty well. I think that was, I, I was, I was very pleasantly surprised. I was very, very pleasantly surprised about how that all, that all worked itself out to be. So, that is the end of the og era of don't read this that is the end of the initial set of posts that launched this that eventually launched the podcast launched the book launched the future state of everything else and it's the end of an era guys i can't believe it like i mean i started this blog now well probably almost three years ago almost to the date i started this thing and it's um it's been a wild ride, man. It really has been. I, I could have never seen it really going this far initially. I mean, it was kind of just me getting on here, talking some shit on the internet, doing my thing, whatever. But it's been awesome, man. And to the fans, I, I know, I remember after I got this post, because this was a little bit before COVID, and it was the last times I went to a, one of the last times I went to a bar before COVID hit. And I remember talking to one of my close friends, actually been on the podcast, you can guess whoever it is. He went up to me in that bar, and he read this post, and he thanked me for the honesty that I talked with. And I was like, hey, man, no worries, all this other kind of stuff. You know, it's my pleasure, all this other sort of thing. And he said, no, man, seriously, thank you. I um, I really, really needed that. And I think, honestly, that was my first moment of validation where I thought I could do it and where things came true. So that guy, if you're listening to this, you know who you are. You kind of know what everything else is uh, is doing for you. And, and I'm glad you're doing well, brother. And I'm glad that you guys have stuck with me to this point. We have a couple more posts to go left in the year, left in 2022, including a very special end of year conversation series that I think I just had the idea for today and I'm really really excited to uh to work on and sh- bring to the world and show you guys. But until then guys, thanks again, end of an era, beginning of a new one. Open your mind own the day. Thanks for listening guys. Talk to you next week. I hopping like a rabbit. When I take the Ross, you know I gots to have it. I lay back in the cut, you myself. Think about the shit and I think you well. How can I mix my grip, and how should I make that nigga straight?